Hi, it's Blue here, and I would like to share with you Life on the Run number 25, Courage. I don't have much courage when it comes to running. I tend to set goals which I know I can achieve with a reasonable amount of effort. Hi Jen, I'll just turn this off. Back again. My lack of courage lasted for 30 years. I had a fear of failure about training for and completing the Ironman. I did complete the Ironman at the age of 54. I got into a lot of trouble on the run at about 28Ks and I might not have finished the course. It wasn't courage that enabled me to finish, rather it was my ability to draw on the past experiences and work backwards from the cutoff times. By that stage I had been running for about 34 years and competing in triathlons. What is courage to someone else is not always seen as courage to me. Number 26, life on the run, tenacity. I do have some tenacity when it comes to running, but I can also switch off as well. There is only one race that I've not finished where I didn't push through. It was the Sydney Striders race at Homebush where the Olympic site is, and it was the week before the following week's six foot track in 2006. I cracked my rib earlier in the week and I thought I should see if I could run. I shouldn't have started the race and on the loop of the car park within the first 100 metres or 500 metres, I pulled out and went back to Penno to see a physio. I didn't make it to the starting line of the 2006 foot, six foot track. The other place I find need to find some tenacity is on training runs. I need the tenacity at about 20 to 30 minutes into the run, especially if I've had a sugar hit prior to the run, which was often the case when I was coming home from North Parramatta and I'd stop into a service station and buy a drink, chocolate and some chips. It usually takes about 30 minutes for that sugar hit to wear off and I slowed down and I'd feel horrible, but then after a while my body would switch into fat burning. If I pushed through this, the rest of the run was okay. It's not hard not to give up. I know that's a double negative but makes sense to me life on the run number 27 carefulness i'm probably over careful when it comes to my running rarely do i set goals that i don't think i can achieve but i guess running from gosford to sydney is a lofty goal but i never doubted that i could make it one friday i thought i wasn't wasn't being too careful I had been to the New South Wales Parliament House all day for a Geography Teachers Association conference and um, we organised and the traffic to Kahama was so bad it took me almost two hours. I thought I could have run the half marathon distance home faster. So I was so annoyed I said to Jenny I was going to go for a run. I went out the door, headed through the bush to Cherry Brook at about 7.30pm. Then I ran, ran to Round Corner Dural, had some McDonald's, then turned right into Quarry Road past Pacific Hills Christian School and the tennis courts on the right and went into the bush of the Quarry Road Trail with no light and into the dark night. I was in the bush and I hadn't told anyone where I was going. Not too careful, I guess. I came out of the Hornsby side okay, only to get a call from my mother as I passed the Blue Gum Hotel to remind me that I shouldn't, shouldn't be so irresponsible. I had a family at home wondering where I was and anything could have happened to me. Mum was right. Life on the run. Number 28. Regret. Regret is a strong word and I don't think there's anything I regret from running, except for when I'm selfish by just focusing on my running and neglect my family and friends. I'm sitting here with my iPad on my lap and struggling to find something I regret. Perhaps it's not pushing my boundaries a bit more when I was pretty competitive in my 20s. I wonder what else I could have achieved. Life on the run. Number 29. Honesty. Mum and Dad have said I'm actually too honest. 
I'm not sure if that's possible. I would tell them things I'd run, done wrong before they even knew about it. And then perhaps they might not never have known about it unless I told them. In relation to running, I've always rounded down my running kilometres. But more recently, I trouble myself with my approach to running and walking. I claim the runs even if I have planned walks and claim them as running. Adding the walking times and the distance to running totals makes me wonder if I'm being honest with myself. Life on the run, number 30, humility. I mentioned um, modesty as the first in the first of these posts, number one. I see modesty as not saying too much about what you do, while humility is about being humble when someone comments or congratulates you on what you may have done. An Ironman or running 12 hours or running from Gosford to the Opera House is quite a feat and it's easy to be humble about. There's not much to be humble about with my running these days, but it's something I still need to be continued on. Life on the run, number 31. I learned from a cool running friend, Tim, that there's a distinction between freedom from and freedom to. I've never thought of this distinction. Running has definitely given me the option to run from something, whether it be a personal issue or a family or a work decision. I find this freedom to be in the reactive space also. Running from something can also be a good avoidance strategy. Alternatively, running can also involve a proactive strategy. Where I am in this frame, when I'm in this frame of mind, I find that running opens up my world. If not during the run, after the run, my mind is clear. I am relaxed, and in most cases, because uh, I've run in the hour night, I can settle into the rest of the evening. Life on the run, number thirty-two. Risk. There is a there is a risk in stepping out of the door for a run, but in my case, I have mostly adopted a conservative approach. There's also the risk of injury. I've had a few sudden impact injuries, like in 1988 before the Nepean Triathlon, I rolled my ankle on a trail run, and in training for the six-foot track, my knee and my hip flexor went. My knee on the um, downhills and my hip flexor on the uphills, and in the Narrabeen 12-hour race, my metatarsal um, went, and it's still causing me problems 10 years later. Life on the run, number 33, understanding. Sometimes I have run too hard with my friends and at other times not hard enough and often it's due to a lack of understanding where I and my running friends are in their running life and journey. So sometimes I can go too fast and sometimes I can go too slow when I'm running with people. Often I've been with people who are better runners than me and it took me a while to learn not to try to keep up with them. I would adapt by turning around early, drop off the run and head home. I'd run with a group that is better than me but not running with them at all wasn't probably an option. Alternatively, I do try and um, run to a pace of the slower runners or change the nature of the run by introducing runs and walks. Life on the run, number 34. The Shimnoi races are based on the philosophy of peace and love. I've done a few of their open runs, but the ones that, um, that have had a big impact to me have been the 12-hour races in Campbelltown and Canberra. The races start with a moment of silence and the race is 12 hours long, giving the competitors a lot of support by the organisers, spectators and other competitors. It's a race which goes for a long time and there are other races which are much longer, but all the time I feel the loving kindness of these races. Life on the run, detail. 
Attention to detail has been most useful for my running. Sometimes I've gone over the top. In the early 2010s, I did the Narrabeen All-Nighter a couple of times, and my goal in one of the races was to do a double marathon in 12 hours. I overplanned and probably wouldn't have achieved the 87 kilometres without this attention to detail. I have mapped out a plan. I put it into packets all my food and my drink. I was very fortunate to have a cool runner, um, Mick Rags, stay with me and crew for me. The detail also went into how I approached the run. For a number of years leading up to this event, I had hip flexor issues. And in discussions with cool runner um, Martin Flyer, uh, Fryer, Flyer, um, I developed a run walk routine which frankly has revolutionized my approach to running and provide longevity for my running my running was based um, on a clock hour with me walking religiously for three minutes at 12 27 42 and 57 minutes past the hour this attention to detail for this event worked so my marathon pv was based on no detail and my double marathon pv was based on a detail approach both worked Life on the run, number 36, average. I'm an average runner, perhaps a bit above average in my 20s. Um, but average is good and I've embraced it. I've, I know my limitations and yet I can push a little bit harder if I need to go to another level. There are many facets to my average running when I am above and below the mean. When I think of average, I think of average to the general community or average above other runners compared to other runners. Perhaps I'm above average compared to the wider community and less so when I'm compared to other runners. All I know is that it doesn't matter. The most fun I've had is when I'm at the back of the pack, most recently in the big city marathons or the Port Macquarie Ironman. The best illustration of this was the Gosford Opera House Poor Man's Comrades in 2010. By, by that time I was one kilometre into the 96km run, I was at last place at Central Coast Stadium at 7.10am. And then I finished in the same position at 11.16pm on the steps of the Opera House. Being average is okay, perhaps even good for me. That's the end for this segment of Life on the Run, number 25 through to 36. See you, see you a bit later. Bye for now.